Where does Pro Football Focus rank Micah Parsons going into the 2023 season? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. We've got a special guest for you guys today. It's Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Go check him out on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Uh, Sam, you've released your top 50 players going into the 2023 season. Before we even get to where the Cowboy players are ranked, how hard is it to do a list like this? Yeah, it's incredibly hard. Um, you know, anytime you're ranking players uh, across positions, anytime you're ranking players sort of in abstract terms, you know, who perform the best over a period of time, it's always difficult. And to be honest, I don't think there's ever going to be one hundred percent right answer. There's always going to be interpretation. There's always going to be debate. There's always going to be, you know, complicating factors. So we like PFF player ranking. That's kind of the, what the company is at its heart, right? It's what we were set up to do. So we can start with our, all the grading. We can start with PFF war wins above replacement. You know, we can bring all this data to the table, but you're always going to have to add little bits and pieces of context and, you know, adjust rankings and move guys up or down based off, you know, how much help they had, what kind of role they were doing, all these different types of things. Um, and that's why, you know, even with all this data and, and things to give us a, a starting point, we always end up with these sort of long meetings, you know, to, defi- to decide the final ranking with a bunch of people arguing it out and making kind of uh, cases. And, and some people are going to be unhappy with how the result ends up being. All right, so let's argue. Let's talk about Michael Parsons, who comes in at number nine on your list. Uh, you revealed the top 10 on Friday. Uh, Parsons, number nine. Uh, let's talk about the positives where we talk, before we talk about where he uh, is ranked among the ed- other edge rushers. So why did you put him in, here at number nine? Yeah, I mean, the positives are, are pretty obvious. Micah Parsons is incredible player, has been since day one. You know, anytime somebody comes into the NFL and they're getting immediate comparisons to Lawrence Taylor and the comparisons aren't crazy. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. watching him play and usually anytime somebody is comped to like a hall of famer right out of the gate, you're like, come on, this is, this is silly. This is being ridiculous. We're going too far in this world of hyperbole. You know, this is just another example. Parsons is, is doing that. We're immediately getting LT comps and you're watching him play going, I mean, I get it. I see it. Like I, yeah. I it makes sense. He's playing the game at this different level of intensity and explosion to even these other super athletes in the NFL exactly the way Lawrence Taylor did, you know, way back in the day. Only with the difference being that the league is prepared for it now. Like we've gone through the LT phase. We've changed the game from that point. And Parsons is still able to have an incredible effect doing that. And then, you know, year two sort of plays more of a, a full-time edge rusher, um, is one of the most devastating edge rushers in the league, despite 200-odd snaps playing as an off-the-ball linebacker or at least away from the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's one of the most exciting, versatile players in the NFL. So you have him as the fifth highest-ranked defender on your list. 
What would he need to do in your eyes to like get to number one or number two? Honestly, nothing really. I mean, when we're talking about these guys, we are splitting incredibly fine yes, hairs. Yeah. And this was this was the same thing with the discussion last year for defensive player of the year, right? The gap between Nick Bosa, Miles um, Garrett, and Micah Parsons, like one hair's breadth was separating the three guys. And we, it was a case of trying to argue which one deserved defensive player of the year. And then off the back of that, which one of the three didn't deserve an all pro spot, right? Because mm-hmm. two into three doesn't go um, or three into two rather doesn't go. So I, I think unfortunately each one of those guys is just around at the same time. Like all three of them are likely to put together defensive player of the year caliber seasons next year. Only one of them is going to come out of it with that kind of award. So, you know, those three guys being around at the same time, Aaron Donald still being up and running, Chris Jones slowly bridging the gap between normal human interior defensive linemen and Aaron Donald. Like all of a sudden there's a ton of these guys that are just insanely good defensive players in the NFL right now. So it's, it's tough when you're ranking them and you get to this, like anybody, anytime you're ranking anybody and it's like, Oh, he's number 12. It's like, you hate that guy, but look at the names we're talking about. I mean, there's a suddenly a lot of insanely good players in the NFL right now. All right, so I'm speaking as Marcus Mosher, the fan, not Marcus Mosher, the analyst. So excuse me for a second, but Micah Parsons, number one in pressures from PFF, number one in hurries from PFF, number two in uh, pass rush grade, number two in PFF grade, but he's the number three ranked rusher behind Garrett and Bosa. How does that work out? Well, one of the guys that he's number two behind is one of the guys ahead of him, right? So yeah. that part is at least consistent. We're good there. That makes sense. Miles Garrett had the higher uh, grade, had the higher pass r- rush win rate, um, and was was double teamed more often. Um, the other uh, the other one I think is more for de- up for debate, and I think Micah Parsons was the guy that was given the All Pro spot last season, along with Miles Garrett, and Nick Bosa was the one of the three that missed out. So, which is crazy because uh, Bosa won the Defensive Player of the Year award, right? Like, how often right. do you see that? Exactly. And when you were looking to split that hair last season, the way we were doing it was saying, yes, look, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, but he was the one guy that didn't tally the other two when it came to like strength of competition and his difficulty of assignment if you like was was worse than the other two guys relatively right over the course of the season the other two guys went up against better players had more help um, assigned to them like Miles Garrett with all the double teams that kind of thing Nick Bosa had a relatively easy run of it compared to those two guys so bottom line is I wouldn't argue if somebody wanted to say the other way around and say put Put Micah Parsons ahead of Nick Bosa. I, I wouldn't fight that. Right? But in the debate, that's the way it came down. Uh, all right. Last thing on Parsons before we move on. Just for you personally, is there like one PFF stat that you really love when it comes to edge rushers? Because I know for me, like win rate is kind of the one that I've been just – it's kind of the one I default to the most often. But what, what is it for you? I like I like the look sort of looking at the composite. I think win win rate is a great one. I like looking at um, we record a couple of things that don't tend to appear many places. Uh, number one, we have these special play types that we introduced a while ago called they're basically they're labeled uh, BDs in our little system, right? They're effectively pass rush wins but they don't get a chance to become pressure because the Mm. ball is gone or something happens and the quarterback never feels pressure, but you want a way of crediting the defensive, uh, the pass rusher and 
correspondingly downgrading the blocker because they lost or they won. Um, it just didn't get a chance to turn into anything because of something else independent of the play. So looking at the guys that have a ton of those plays, you know, who were they're effectively uncredited wins in this kind of scenario. I think that's a really interesting data point. And also what percentage of a guy's pressures were, you know, unblocked cleanup plays, like not mm-hmm. sort of real clean wins against a blocker. I think it can be instructive sometimes. And you see guys a lot of the time, they might have a ton of pressure. They might have a lot of sacks. Their PFF pass rushing grade doesn't match that. And a lot of times it's explained by that kind of breakdown that a lot of their pressures or a lot of their plays weren't sort of clean pass rushing wins. They were more hustle plays or, or unblocked or, you know, something of the offense breaking down. And I think you guys have done a fantastic job of showing that like not all sacks are created equal, right? If you get a sack in two and a half seconds and you beat your guy, that's incredible. But if it's a four second sack that you kind of, you know, the quarterback just kind of ran into you, those shouldn't be counted the same, right? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, there can be pressures, you know, that, that don't sack the quarterback, don't have that, that good a uh, result for the defense, but are far more impressive pass rushing plays, right? If you split a double team in two seconds and force the quarterback out of the pocket, even if he manages to complete the pass, it's a better play individually from you than if you just happen to be standing there, you know, blocked by your, like stoned by your offensive tackle and the quarterback gets flushed past you, you stick out a hand and, and grab him to the ground. Like it's a qualitatively better play the first one even though it's only a pressure relative to a sack and that's why somebody like Micah Parsons who had I think 13 sacks last year according to the NFL is still considered a much more valuable player than say Matt Judon who is still a really good player in his own right but maybe got a few more low quality sacks and I think that's something that PFF does really good uh, of identifying so let's talk about Zach Martin who you have ranked pretty high in this list next This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. This week, it's Devontae Adams and Patrick Mahomes. Are you looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick in round one and the first pick in round two? Well, you'll be guaranteed to have two of the surest performers by going all AFC West with Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams and Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Adams remains one of the best receivers in all of the NFL, while Mahomes, again, will operate with both the highest floor and highest ceiling among the standout luxury options at his position. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championships. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, 
and say goodbye to sweating. If your ride needs a little fixing up, because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle needs is is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com, and let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. We are here with Sam Munson from pro football focus. Check him out on Twitter at PFF, uh, uh, PFF Sam. He's revealed his top 50 players of 2023 on that list is Zach Martin, who uh, just got the 99 rating in Madden. If you care about that also wants some more money from the Dallas Cowboys. We talked to Brad Spielberger about that yesterday. Go check out that show. I'm curious here. You have Zach Martin at 34. I think last year might have been his worst year he's had in the NFL. Still a fantastic player, but do you think he's still the clear-cut top guard in the league? I think he probably is, but it's more a case of the other contenders fell off as well. You know, like you could make an argument for, like obviously for a while, Quentin Nelson was that guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's now been a couple of years since we saw the best play of Quentin Nelson. And it's sort of reached the point where this offseason people are realizing it. Whereas actually this has been a thing for a while for Quentin Nelson. He really has fallen away. So if Nelson had maintained the start of his career, this 90 plus PFF grade year on year. And uh, for the first three years of his career, I think he was the single most valuable offensive lineman in the game based off PFF war metric, more valuable than tackles, more valuable than any other position. If he continued doing that and Zach Martin had taken this little step back, I think Nelson would be the the number one guy. You can make a case for a guy like Joel Batonio, but I, I think given Zach Martin's kind of resume and his track record, you can sort of default a little bit to the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, it wasn't bad enough last year. It wasn't even bad. Like bad is the wrong no, it way. It wasn't enough of a, you know, a step backwards for you to say, Let's give it to somebody else. You know, we need a new number one now. Someone else is the best guard in the game. I think Nelson fell away a while ago. Martin took a little step back last season, but was still outstanding as a pass blocker. Let's default heading into this 2023 season and say he's still the best guy until we see a more significant regression or, you know, somebody else consistently takes this giant leap forward. Now, it is interesting that you did not have Zach Martin as the highest uh, interior offensive lineman going into this season. It's actually Creed Humphrey, uh, but again, they're they're ranked really close to each other. I, I believe one is 33 and the other one is 34. Why? What made you choose Humphrey over Zach Martin on the list? Humphrey's been incredible since he's come into the NFL. Like for a guy that wasn't drafted in the first round, he's been an all-pro basically since the moment he stepped on an NFL field. Absolutely dominant run blocker. I think his pass blocking has improved as well. Um, in that offense in Kansas City, that's a little bit... It's a little bit of a double-edged sword in terms of the the quarterback dynamic with the uh, the pass protection. Like he's got Patrick Mahomes is going to bail those guys out sometimes by the way he's able to move mm-hmm. around and, and offset pressure. He's also going to kind of put them in a bind sometimes by the way he drops beyond his mark in the pocket. You know, invites pressure generally, and some of that pressure is going to get put on offensive linemen just by the, the nature of the game. So it's pr- it probably evens out. It's probably a wash somewhere along the way, but between his dominant run blocking and, and being as good as he is as a pass blocker, like he's really been one of the best offensive linemen in football awesome. from the moment he, he became a pro. 
All right, last one on Zach Martin. How how do you weigh him like compared to a quarterback? Because I'm looking at the list right now, and Justin Herbert's 35, Zach Martin's 34. I know this is an impossible task, but how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, there is no good answer to that, really. It, it's intuition. One of the ways we've always tried to do it um, is sort of looking at the gap between a guy and the rest of his peers at his position, right? And that was always the way that we – quantified in part how good Aaron Donald was is by saying the gap between Donald and the next guy at his position. Now, it's not quite the same thing now. Chris Jones is bridging that gap really well. But for years, the gap between Donald and the next guy was so wide. It was the biggest gap probably of any position in the NFL. Um, Whereas we all, I think, acknowledge that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL But in 2023, that might be Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. It could be like half a dozen guys. The gap between Mahomes and the next guy is not that big. It's just that it's big enough that in any given season, you're going to say, we start off with Mahomes as the top guy and we'll see what happens. Whereas in any given season, it was going to be Aaron Donald. Like barring injury or barring something ridiculous happening, Donald would be the number one guy at his position, probably by a big distance. Um, and that was sort of one way we would say that like that's how you can see how good Donald is, you know, relative to some of these other positions. And it's not necessarily the fairest way of doing it sometimes, because sometimes you do get like a bunch of guys come along at the same time, at the same position. And therefore, the gap is not particularly big between them. We just talked about Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, like all of these guys are superstars. And it doesn't mean that because there's not a gap between one guy and the next guy, that they're not you know, as good as the the top interior guy or, or cornerback at their position. Mm-hmm. So you've got to kind of look how they're grading historically relative to these other positions and then how they're doing relative to the next guy at their spot and then try and slot it in as, as, as intuitively as makes sense. So we had two Dallas Cowboys make Sam Monson's top 50 players going into the 2023 season. Who was the next closest uh, Dallas Cowboy? We get to that next. All right, Sam, final question here. If you were to extend this list out a little bit to 75 or to 100 players, who would be the next Dallas Cowboy uh, one on your list? Because I've got to believe there was at least a couple players that were borderline options for you. Well, critically, it's it's PFS list, not just Sam Monson. We have to uh, share okay. the blame All around. Right. You know, there's that's enough right. people <laughs> that should take the blame, not just me. Um, yeah, look, at I, PFF I think... underscore Sam. If you want to get mad, just go ahead. <laughs> Um, obviously CD lamb has got to be in that conversation. Like the way that he's already a top receiver. There's a lot of really good receivers in the NFL. The addition of a guy like Brandon cooks to that offense could mm-hmm. allow CD lamb to really take off this year and show his best form again. And he's definitely in the conversation pushing for that. Trayvon Diggs has become one of those players. That's really difficult to, um, appropriately rank because, the sort of perception about him and the narrative around him. And he became this kind of charged uh, character because of that incredible season with 11 interceptions. And, you know, that year PFF was sort of pushing back against that and saying, okay, he had a lot of turnovers, but we also gave up a lot of big plays as well. And then since that, we know that the nature of cornerback play, these extremes tend not to exist for for more than a year or two in any direction. And they come back down to earth. And, both sides of, the, of that extreme have come 
towards the mean, right? He gives I up. I thought a he was better last now. year. Honestly, I thought yeah. he was just a better player last year. Right. He gives up a lot less now than he used to. On the other hand, he no longer gets 11 interceptions a season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you rank a guy like that who I think is one of the better ball hawk type corners in the league who stresses receivers and quarterbacks because you can't necessarily test his coverage with as reckless abandon as you can in some other guys because he will punish you for it. He's a good receiver, effectively, with the ball in the air, and he will make it his rather than the, the receiver's. Um, but he'll give up more than some other cornerbacks. He gives up more plays than some of these other guys. He allows, you know, more separation on a play-to-by-play -play basis than some of mm -hmm. these other guys. But so what I'm saying is he's a very difficult player to, I think, correctly slot or rank, even in his own position, let alone league-wide. But he's definitely in that realm, right? And then the one other guy I think that you would definitely at least bring up is Tyron Smith, who is obviously a health caveat, right? If we get a healthy Tyron Smith for a whole yep. year, that's a guy who's capable of being easily on the top 50. But he's also a guy who that caveat is getting bigger and bigger every single year. And how much do you weigh that? And I'll, I'll throw in another name. What about Tony Pollard, who uh, you had three running backs on on the list. I, I don't know if Tony Pollard's quite there, but by a lot of the PFF metrics, he's been one of the most efficient and effective backs in the NFL. Are you just kind of waiting for him to have this like one – full year of him being a workhorse back before you consider him a top 50 player. Yeah. And it, it might not even be his fault, you know, but I think you probably need that in order to get onto this ranking the way, just the way the position is. We've been pushing Tony Pollard for years, you know, and mm -hmm. saying that he should have had that workload already. And even if he can't handle it, which was the narrative for a while, like, Oh, he's only going to, he can only deal with 20 carries or 20 touches a game. Like you couldn't possibly expect him to hold up with a bigger workload than that. Like, even if that was true, given how productive he was in the work he was getting, you owe it to yourself and to him to find out where that line is, right? Keep pushing it until he hits that wall and then back it off again and, you know, get the most out of him. If you just say he can't handle a full workload, so we'll never even find out where that mark is, you're just leaving meat on the bone. You're not maximizing yep. the kind of impact that he could have. So, yeah, it, it, they've always held him back, I think, relative to what he could be achieving. But because of that, it's very difficult to say with definitive certainty he could do this and he would therefore be, you know, this spot in the ranking. So if they finally give him that workload this season, great. Great for him and great for all of us to find out what that actually looks like after pushing it for so long. But I think until it happens, it's very hard to rank him ahead of some other guys that, you know, do have this full workload and play at an incredibly high level. And if Pollard just has another one of the seasons that he had last year, you just look at the other three running backs in the list, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. None of those guys are super young. I think it's pretty realistic to assume at least one of those players falls off this year, kind of opening up a spot for Pollard to sneak inside the top three, top four running backs to get on your list. Uh, go check it out on profootballfocus.com, actually pff.com. It's not just Sam's list. It's, it's the entire <laughs> site. So don't get all, all mad at him for – the uh, Michael Parsons rankings, but do check him out on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Uh, go check out the site. Always fantastic content over there. Sam, we want to thank you so much for joining the show. Please, please, please come back. No problem. Thanks for having me anytime. All right. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. You can follow the show locked on Cowboys. Check us out on YouTube. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time.